Good morning, Happy New Year, and welcome. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net if you prefer that. You know, I'm not going to reflect on the entire year. That's not, we're, we're well past all of that and the hoopla hype of making predictions and all. But I am going to talk a bit about that in the next hour of how absurd it is that we make predictions and how far off Wall Street almost always is. They're so far off. Economists don't get it right. The Federal Reserve doesn't get it right. But we want to know what their prediction is coming up and it's really interesting it's 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 it's, to me an interesting reflection if you will of of our human behavior why try to predict the future when you're never right well yeah you gotta you know sing position okay i get it we of course do but 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 broadly speaking we have to make predictions like Do we think the world will exist? Yes or no. Not what do we think the price of gold will be on December 31st of 2023. A completely irrelevant thing. Well, if I want to buy gold, I need to know that. But nobody's ever right about that. And we, but we still have to know, right? We have, we have to know things. We think we want to know what the future's bringing. And even when we nail down things that are just really hard to nail down, markets don't do what we think they're supposed to do. So it's interesting. We'll talk some more about that in the next hour. But one of the things that was interesting to me in 2022, in, in a year that was obviously a tough year for everything, bonds get crushed. Well, bonds and stocks, they work kind of in opposite of each other. Remember, you have a 60-40 portfolio so that you have the cushion of bonds when stocks go down. Except that didn't work in a rising interest rate environment. And when you're at a half a percent, one and a half percent, whatever you want to say where we were, they can't work. But that's what we always told people. And then, oops, now we're going to tell people, that the 60-40 is broken. 60% stocks, 40% bonds. That whole thing that everybody learned, that's the right you know, portfolio to have, especially as you enter into retirement. Okay. But we're not allowed to look around and say, well, would I really want 40% of my money earning less than the rate of inflation and then proclaiming I could take out 4% a year, cost of living adjusted, and it would work. Yeah, because... It did work when interest rates were higher, and so therefore, that's what I learned, and so that's how we are. And then we enter in this year, and of course, interest rates finally do rise, as they always would at some point. And we have the worst year ever for 60-40, and now guess what the geniuses are saying? I'm serious. 60-40 is dead. Huh? I thought it just came back to life, because now we can actually have a return on the bond part where we couldn't it was guaranteed not to work and then finally it didn't 
And so now, though, in that process of not working, we now have it going higher. Instead, these literally paid millions of dollars stand there on business news at conferences and everything else. I said there and watched him last year proclaiming their concern that 6040 was dead and we now need to move to something else. You know, some alts. We're going to go back to alternative, alternative investments. You know, just, let's find the one thing that worked last year. Commodity trading. Okay, great. Arr, jump on board. It's bizarre. But what it allows people to do is, is, if you will, Wall Street and all, to sell the idea that they're on top of things. They got this. So when things change, they're going to be changing too. But, but when you're reactive and not proactive to those changes, that's Wall Street. Because you can't prove the future. You can't prove that 6040 is dead because it hasn't died yet. So you just keep doing it, even though a third grader would tell you, you can't make it work at 1.5% interest rates. They kept playing that game because they always do. And Wall Street can't sound different than each other because then there's a chance that that couple million dollar a year job that they have to fly around the country and talk to people at conferences about what J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs and others all think about the market and what's going on. That's they don't get to keep the job because they said something like 6040 can't work. Huh? But that's what we sell everybody. But it can't work. You can lose your job. I think the market's going to go down big this next year. You can't do that. The Wall Street consensus is like 8% up. You need to be somewhere in that range. Why? We don't want different. You could lose your job. If you're wrong every year, the rest of your life, but you sound like everybody else, you're good. You're good to go. Just don't get out of the norm. It's incredible. So you don't see very many people. And so when you do see a few, and there are a few, economists that step out and go, this is wrong. And let me show you the analysis of that. We don't agree with consensus over here on this thing. Here's why. You think, wow, that's so bold. It's not really that bold because we all look for that, don't we? We want something not different to be different, but something to make us think, something to make us move forward, propel us to thought, to better thought. We're compelled by that. But it isn't safe. There's risk with that. And so we all look for that because we don't, we're not looking for risk. We're looking for people that have some original thought. We look for that. We gravitate to that. Somehow, even though we want safe, We gravitate, or at least from a, you know, gravitate meaning we look at, we watch, we consider, we find compelling original thought. It's not safe. It is different. 
and, and we and we compel to it. We also, unfortunately, compel to whatever is negative out there and, and screaming and yelling. And there's a lot of that. Boy, is there a lot of that now? Oh my, oh my. It's so bad. Oh my gosh, is it so bad? It's just terrible out there. Especially since you're on KIDO radio, right wing radio, you really get pounded with it, don't you? It's just nonstop. As if conservatives are just like mind numbingly conspiracy theory end of worlders. Apparently, to a degree, we are. Otherwise, they wouldn't run these ads nonstop. Otherwise, you wouldn't have full-blown hour-long programs on doomsday. Don't, don't buy in the Wall Street casino stuff. Because it wouldn't be compelling. But it goes on, and there's plenty to worry about. There's a lot to worry about. But we're going to talk about some of the things that maybe are overly worried about. And I'll do that in the second hour. But right now, our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. I need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-KIDO, that is our number. Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. That is our email address. All right, in the next hour, I'm going to be talking about how wrong Wall Street predictions are. And, it, and that's important. Not just We're not here to make fun of them. That's not the point. The point is how often I hear anybody in this industry hears, well, economists are saying, fill in the blank. Rates are going higher. Rates are going lower. Things will tamper down. We're going to ha- help, still have inflation. That the market needs to go to this level because of that. It's fascinating last year, and we're even talking about the Federal Reserve in this, okay? I'll give you one quick data point, okay? The Federal Reserve a year ago was telling us that through 2022, there would be three quarter-point increases in the Fed funds rate. They did that four times at once with a three-quarter-point increase four times last year. They've not gotten interest rates right, and they're the ones that said it. And I mean they haven't got it right once. The dot plot changes every time they meet. But we want to know what the Fed, et cetera, we bank everything on it or we do it when we report. These are the kind of things that we have to kind of look past and think through. And think differently about. Incredibly important. I'll give you a quick example of that. Okay, so we have good jobs data on Friday. Did we? Well, if you ask Joe Biden and company, I'm sure they were just telling everybody every day or every second of the day how Joe's economic program, which, of course, they never define what that is. I don't know what his economic program is. Do you? It's not his fault that there's inflation. It's Trump's fault for whatever. And I don't know what his plan is. When he says his economic plan, what plan is that? But anyway, 
I'm not getting on politics. I'm just saying we don't even know what that plan is. But we know if you're in the White House, you are saying, wow, this was the greatest jobs number in all of history and how many jobs were created in 2022 and so on and so forth. But the market went up, and the market's not supposed to go up if there's a good jobs report. Why are Because right now the Federal Reserve is everything there is. That's all there is. Everybody, nothing else matters on Wall Street but the Federal Reserve and where interest rates are going. Okay, it's important, but it's not that important, but that's all we get. And so what we want is we want bad news equals good news. But if we have good jobs data, then the market would go down because that would be good news for the economy. Federal Reserve won't put the won't uh, stop raising interest rates and so on, okay? So good news is bad news, but not with this report. Oh, well, then the, when the market doesn't react the way we want it to because we were so sure of ourselves and knowing what the market was looking for, we now have to say, oh, well, the market did go up a gazillion points and a high percentage for a day. What a great day we had Friday. So now we have to explain is what? The wages weren't as strong, so that gave people hope that, in fact, the Federal Reserve would tamp down rates. So we pull it back to the narr narrative no matter what the data is. You see what I'm getting at? Their data comes out, the markets do whatever it is they do, and they don't always do what people think they're going to do. In fact, they often don't. They do the opposite. And so what we do then is change the reasoning or the report to make it so that it fits the narrative we were drawing. And we do this all the time. Hey, some of that's true. It was not that good a report. But it depends who you are and what reporting you're looking at. I'm pretty sure liberal media announced it as the greatest economic report in all of history. We'll be back after news. Hope you'll join us. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. And of course, as we like to say and remind everybody, these are my opinions and my opinions only, and we're not here to tell you what to buy, 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 or sell, sell, sell. That's ridiculous. It's not helpful at all. At all. We, together, are here to, I hope, take the temperature down of that, of that nonsense. And look at things, if you will, flip the coin over and look at the other side before running around like our hair is on fire. The world is ending. The world is upside down. All of this is true. Your world is ending. My world is ending. A few more spins are around the world and we're out of here. Nobody gets out alive. But the world continues to defy all of the doomsday reports of my lifetime, my parents' lifetimes, my great-grandparents' lifetimes, and so on. But that's still what makes news. It's unbelievable to me how ridiculously hard it is to have an optimistic message in this world. Oh, Pollyanna. <laughs> the anger, the angst that people have and carry forward into everything. Everything. It's never going to be okay. What do you think about that budget deficit? Gold is the only thing that ever, ever has any real value. Gold was at $800 an ounce when I started in this industry, and the dividends and interest that it earned in that amount of time is absolutely zero. So when the real return of gold, of course, after inflation, has been negative since I started in this industry. 
Yeah, that's a man. Is that an investment? That's a solid investment. But that's what we hear again is the thing. And it's easy to sell because why? It's the only real thing. We don't have fiat currency, fiat currency. I get it. But nothing has value except in the eye of a beholder. Nothing has value. I mean, we might argue that women and chickens in the old days had value. And we traded them. Do we want to go back to those days? We now have, we don't just barter things. We actually have currency that allows for an unbelievable rapid increase in living style people actually can eat now, etc. But it's fiat currency. We can't really do that. And so this is the things we fixate on, and we get in this negative bind and twist, and we go ahead and look things up on the Internet because the Internet doesn't have an algorithm there that says, oh, Looney Tunes checking out Blood Moons. Wait till we get a hold of them. Start feeding other stuff. Conspiracy theories. Nancy Pelosi is going to take your 401K Every day. Yeah, they floated some trial balloons. What, what are you supposed to do? It was dismissed immediately. But what are you supposed to do? Cash out your 401k? And do what? I mean, it just goes on. And we just went, we've got to quiet our brains down. Take it easy. Some of these things we can't do much about. But what we can do is not build this, this environment in our brains and in our thoughts and in our search for information, if you will. How about financial pornography is what we're searching for, but okay. Fi information. We have to be careful where we're distilling it, don't we? Don't we? I mean, if markets fluctuate, they fluctuate. Do I have to try to call every market? No, I don't. But Wall Street feels the need to. So last year, as we look at the year, not to make fun, but to understand how incredibly good Wall Street was. They nailed, the I think, the hardest thing to do, right? I mean, they nailed it. The, the, the closest they've ever come in 40 years to getting the precise dollar amount of corporate earnings that the S&P earned. They missed it by like a dollar, the consensus did. A dollar over a whole year. It's truly amazing. Truly amazing. I know, stopped watch, right, once every 40 years. I get it. I get it. But they nailed that, which would lend you to believe that, in fact, they could probably do very well with nailing the rest of the stuff, like where interest rates would be. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. And where the market would be, of course, because because it's really simple. We saw this this summer when we had a, a guest from J.P. Morgan in talking about the average price-to-earnings ratio, 16.5, by the way, just because that's what it is, for the last, you know, 50 years or whatever it is, okay? So this is how markets work if you're an analyst, and you need to report things, and we all like to think because we're human beings— 
everything kind of works on a spreadsheet type basis. And so what you do is you say, here's the average, 16.5. And you draw it, of course, the chart, of course, at 16.5. And then you have the earnings and then you have the market overlaid on your chart. And what you find is approximately five days over the last 50 years, did you actually have the market at 16.5 earnings? In other words, it's almost like literally 99 point something time, percent of the time is not at 16.5 earnings. But that's the average. And so that's everything we're going to talk about. And then we take the 16.5 and we multiply it by the earnings. And what do we get? We get small gains in the market. Hmm. But how was last year? They nailed the earnings part, the hardest part to get. But like markets do, like people do, like humans do, like the whole world does, you can't get the future. You don't get it. So what happened was the market went down 20% as measured by the S&P, which is what they were looking at. 20. More for tech stocks, less for the Dow. But 20. 19 to be exact. And they're predicting 8% upside. So nailing the hardest thing to nail helped them predict what? What of value did that predict? Nothing. Because not only do economists almost never get something as simple as interest rates, and I'll just quickly say this, to remind us that the Federal Reserve, the ones in charge of raising interest rates, told us at the beginning of the year, 12 months ago, that rates would be going up, they guessed, around three quarter of a point increases or a total of 0.75 over the year. 18 equivalent 0.25 percent increases later we are where we are the federal reserve literally meets every whatever four to six weeks and tells us again what their predictions of the future is their dot plots as they call it right where they think interest rates are going to go even powell said we've changed it every time this year every time every time they meet they go we were wrong six weeks ago this is what we think. We were wrong six weeks ago. This is what we think now. And yet we go, oh, the Federal Reserve thinks that a quarter of a point more than they were predicting six weeks ago, it may occur next year in the market. Supposedly, that's the reason why it tanks, you know, whatever it was up in the morning and then it's down in the afternoon. And so we go like a 400-point swing. That's the reason. The only reason is the group of people who have not got it right all year, didn't get it right leading up to it, tried the modern monetary theory completely wrong. But now we're going to say it's going to go up three quarter point increases over the next 12 months. They're wrong all year. And now, from six weeks ago, they're going a quarter of a point higher is what we think on our dot plots. And that's the reason the market is reacting. No, this is made up. It's made up. 
But Dave, that's what the market did. I get it. That's not what the market did. The investors did. It's what the black boxes do in a second. In a second. Before taking a couple of weeks, and I wanted to, again, thank Jennifer. That was really fun to do. The interview was kind of weird uh, with her, and I want to thank her for taking the time to think through the questions and I enjoyed doing it very much, So, and I thank you for a couple weeks off. It was a nice walk down memory lane for that kind of time of year, right? Uh, very fun to do. Very fun to do. But it reminded me also to this point. We don't have to be right. It doesn't even do you any good in the long run to be right. It's not like you're going to bet the farm. Like, it's all on that I'm going to be correct that the market goes up 8% this year. No. It, 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 it matters not. In fact, in your portfolio, you, don't, you probably don't have any bet that, re, re, that, that re recognizes that, that prediction. None. It, it wouldn't enhance your returns at all if it was, like, right at 8. It would probably be less than your returns if it was 15 positive. It won't stop you from losing money on a bad choice of investments over here because you got the overall market right. It won't matter. It's like literally doesn't matter. But we go to that game. We have this game of predictions. So here we are in 2023. And Wall Street does it again because we always do that. And we don't ever recognize that Instantaneous trading, black boxes, moves markets for a second. And then actual data over the long run comes in. Corporate profits, interest rate environment, outlook next year, blah, blah, blah. Is what really drives the market. But what we have is all this incredible amount of noise just banging on us every day. One of the reasons I love the Wall Street Journal, because I'll read it at night, the day after anything matters. Why? Because I like the editorials. I want to keep up with what's going on. I know what's going on. You can't, you can't, can't shut it down. Not because i got to sit there and watch CNBC jabber all day long about completely meaningless, absolute garbage. Don't you think that those reporters would be unbelievably rich if all the people they interviewed were like right more than they were wrong? Even? I mean, they're just like hanging around this wealth of information. Or is it noise? Just data streaming at them like a fire hose. You want a drink? Oh, my word. I can't even get any in my mouth. Knocks me down. It's just ridiculous is what it is. And then we go to that, and there's no time for contemplation and thought about what direction generally are we going So in 2023, what are we going to do? This is stunning. You'll just not even believe this because it's almost never happened in history that the consensus on Wall Street is for mid-single-digit sing, mid returns. 
the uh, for the 2024 it would be mid single digit returns 26 28 30 uh just put down what jp morgan says okay guys i just don't want i just want to take december off let's just go and then you guys figure it out and i'll go to the conferences next year and tell everybody why we predict what we predict unbelievable nothing changes nothing ever changes nothing it's nonsense Total nonsense. Let me give you before we take a break. This isn't a prediction. This is what happens historically after markets have bad years. They go up. I know it can't happen. We're in the midst of a storm. We got JoJo as president. We got inflation. We've got all kinds of problems. We're going to have a recession. That's what everybody says. Everybody knows we're going to have a recession. Okay, I got it. What did I just say that everybody doesn't always already acknowledge, know, is certain to happen? Correct. Zero. I said nothing that isn't already priced into the market. Nothing I said has anything in it that has any value at all. What do you mean? Yeah, you're right. Let me grab the paper. Let's read some more about the coming recession. Some more about the opinion of why corporate earnings are too high. Let's read some more about that job report. We all know it. Let's read some more. Some more, some more, some more. Here's what happened last year. Gold went down. It's not supposed to go down. It did. Why isn't it supposed to go down? I thought inflation was the thing for gold. Uh... Okay, so then the gold bugs go out and they go, okay, hold it, hold it. We got to rewrite the narrative here. This isn't good. This is the perfect environment for our beloved investment thing, and it isn't working. I know. Let's blame the U.S. dollar. Nobody understands what that means. It's perfect. So they blame that. We move on, and we go to things like energy. How in the world can energy prices be down? JoJo shut it down. So did the Soviet Union, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We just go on from one thing after the other of what the predictions are, $200 a barrel oil. Sorry, that didn't happen. That's all right. Goldman Sachs, you come back next time and tell us when it's going to go to zero, okay? That's great. And uh, all of these predictions don't come true. They don't. And none of these markets that come back a year later after a 25% drawdown, okay, which we've had, okay, 25% from peak to trough. Is it at the trough? I don't know. But it is down 25%, and that's the point of measurement. It has anywhere from a minus 5 one time to a 62% gain a year later. And they've got a 1 in there, and they've got a... A, a five in there and they've got 35 and they got 28 and then they come at this and they call it an average of 27 nothing in here looks like 27 but we put this arbitrary that's the future and that's where we're going no we're not no we're not i don't know what the market's going to do over the next year here's what i'm saying nobody does you think you do you think you're we're in this doom cycle that can't get any better even though all of history says it always does, and I always feel this way when we're at the bottom. 
but I never react. I never buy because I'm so sure after reading all the barf they throw out in the papers and on the radio and on TV, I listen and I listen and I listen. I've got lots and lots of data why the world will never get better. Got it. Been there, done that. Put it in the wash and recycle it again. Let's do it again. Let's not ever learn. This is how it feels every time. Does that mean it goes up every time? No, I just said there was a minus five on here. One time. It's pretty rare. And this doesn't predict the future because 27% average return doesn't tell you anything except it could be 61. It might be minus five. Okay. I mean, it doesn't say anything except this. 90% of the time, it's been actually positive by some amount. So I think it's reasonable to say that odds are that the next 12 months are going to be up. End of story. I don't have to predict anything else. Nothing. I don't, well, based on earnings, et cetera, it's going to be six. No, don't listen. Turn it down. Turn it off. Of course, markets are in turmoil as they are trying to digest the unknowable future and the data that comes. It doesn't mean the market's going to be up. But I'd, I'd, I'd rather like look at it broadly and what has happened before almost all the time and say, huh, chances are pretty good that I'm actually getting a bargain when I buy off 25%, no matter what all the yelling and screaming is and what I feel with my emotional self. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzoFinancial.net. Let's ring him up. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. That's our number. If you prefer email, Dave at PetzoFinancial.net. Let's go to the phones. Terry. Well, good morning, Professor. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm uh, particularly well this morning, so thank you for asking. Well, I, 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 I'm sort of having fun with you uh, specializing on the market guessers, the same sort of way I look at the Weather Channel as the weather guessers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, weathermen look uh, like just absolutely like it's a total science that weather never changes, you know. Um, compared to Wall Street, it's just amazing to me what we do. But it's, yeah, anything I, think, over over seventy two hours is a scientific wild ass guess. Yeah, and I so. would agree with that. I would agree with that for sure, sure. But yeah, I, I, it just struck me with with what you were talking about and Kevin and everything earlier is that you you need to go ahead and emphasize in your life a better use of uh, your money time. And learn to budget. You know the, the the time you set aside to plan and, and scheme or whatever. It, but you need to set your budget up. Mm-hmm. Once you learn how to budget, you identify your short term money, your long term money, and like you keep saying, learn how to relax with it. Okay, I made good decisions, and let's just carry on and damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. You know, it's true. It was fascinating, and I appreciate that. I, 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 I remember that uh, I, I reflected on that a little bit uh, during when Jennifer was interviewing me about the last 40 years, basically, and how I got started in this industry and, and, and starting and saving 
$25 when you're not making any money and you have bills is a frightening thing. It's, it's, it's almost a step in faith. But it was what I believed and was telling people to do, to trust me, you need to put this away first. Yeah, it, And it, I had it, to do it. it. Well, right? when, when you get a, get $1,000 extra put aside, how much simpler the rest of the planning gets when, it does. when you have a little money. It is a principle. It's just a, it's a natural principle of, and, and I've thought about it uh, uh, even yesterday. It's funny. I, I grew up with a guy, and and again, I, I was I, I had a rough teenage few years there. I was not a good kid, and and barely got through high school. And so, uh, and he was my running mate. Well, he's a pastor now, and I happened to listen to his uh, his testimony. Uh, for, uh, that was online, and because uh, I was getting a hold of him, and I, and I, and anyway, wrong number. I had to try to his church. I saw that. I said, "Well, I got to listen to that." And he was talking about the simplicity of a, a lot of choices he made. And so, I, 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 again, I'm not trying to turn this into a pastoral thing, but, but the, but the basic choices that we make, uh, of just make uh, making a leap in faith. Of something moving forward, whether it's saving in in finances, whether it's getting an education in a practical way before you get the great job, these are things that we do to invest in our future, and also to have faith that there is a, if you will, some kind of a higher power that is is giving us that God is giving us uh, an opportunity to choose and move in that move with some peace, as you're saying towards doing that. And having peace with money is important to human beings. And, and we have to get these basic things nailed down. You have to save. You have to stay out of debt, or the rest of your life doesn't go well. It's a basic principle. And, and, and it comes back to—I've learned too late in life that when, you, for, when you've got decisions, the hardest one to make is usually the right decision. Yeah, well, that's a fair point. Yeah, 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 it's a fair point. It's uh, and it also in in thinking about it, 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 as I look back too, they really weren't hard decisions. They were the only right decision to make. Yeah, <laughs> just the moral thing. They, to they do really is. weren't that hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But anyway, I just wanted to bother you early and, and, and get on with third or first world problems. Yes, I like it, and that's what getting in your hot tub. Well, I've, yeah, I've got the sauna warming up. Uh, I don't have a hot tub. Oh, no, that's right, I, that's sauna. Better. Sorry, I got. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have a good have a have a good steam then. Okay. All right, thank you, David. Thank you, Bye you sir. Uh huh. And our number is five eight zero five four three six five eight zero K I D O. Dave at petsofinancial dot net. I've got to take a break for news. Went a little bit over. So R and R, would you hang tough? We're going to grab you on the other side of this break. Crazy. We're just rolling through today. My goodness gracious. Uh, it was uh, interesting to take a couple weeks off. Uh, I don't think I've done two weeks in a row before. But anyway, it's good to be back. It's good to be rolling into 2023. And uh, I just can't believe that we're running out of time today. So let's go to the phones. R&R, thanks for holding. Go ahead, please. Hey, Mr. Petzo. Uh, a couple things. Happy New Year and... Uh celebration of the day after it's epiphany day actually but the silly insurrection yeah yeah oh yeah, so yeah. Two, two questions um i'm way over invested in individual stocks but that's just my nature i'm 70 i wanted to know if you would uh, 
speak to a specific stock of Adobe? Are you uh, telling anybody to buy Adobe? Now, you know, and as you know, Arnar, I don't make individual stock recommendations. In fact, I'm just the opposite. And I'll tell you why. Because I can say I like Adobe, and then I forget to tell you I don't like it like three months from now, right? It's right, right. Right. So that's the kind of thing. And also the other problem is, is that I may like Adobe, I may own Adobe, but Adobe pays little or no dividend. And okay. that has nothing to do with people's income portfolios or retirement portfolios, right? So I, those, are, those are all reasons why it may not fit, and that's why we don't. I will say this. I think they've done a remarkable job of kind of coming back, if you will, but coming back into because they were a, a, a big-time player before, kind of faded away maybe yep. like, if you will, like an IBM and a Microsoft did for a while. But they're coming back yep. nicely the way Microsoft did. IBM didn't. But they're coming back nicely, and they seem to be uh, very profitable and, and, and doing a good job. So I have no problem with Adobe if you like it, but – um, I think that, again, it is not that kind of dividend-paying stock that makes you go, wow, this is just makes me feel great owning it because I believe they're going to raise their dividends every year. Adobe might, but it has a very, very small uh, dividend. So, again, it's a pretty aggressive play, I, but I have no problem with it or an R at all. Thank you. And then uh, I need to fire up my fossil fuel and get over to the valley. What's the locale for your um, – I'll make an appointment with your team, but uh, we're right on Main Street. You can't miss us. Um, so in yeah. downtown Boise, downtown Boise, but we uh, we're Nothing not in one of the Eagle. towers there. We we have the as as Kevin calls the Petso Center. We just have a, a building down there uh, next right. to the Idaho Youth Ranch. Oh, okay. So I still got to do my living trust and try and give it all away to my. 20 grandkids do you recommend age 25 or 28 if you were going to give I, a sizable portion of let's say 50,000 to each kid yeah it's hard to 20? do because sometimes these trusts are more expensive to administer than they're worth it worthwhile okay um yeah. but but older is better as we all know uh, especially young men tend to, I shouldn't even say that. I mean, there's plenty of really stupid young women out there too. <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I don't know. I always, I'm hey, always stuck on that because it. I was one you of those dumb guy, young guys. You said right? it, not me. Yeah. I'm just one of those dumb young guys. So I, I know how dumb I was, you know, but, uh, right, right. but you know, it just was one of those things that, that, uh, you, you, you know, I, I think older is always better. And, um, because you just thank have you. time to live life. So R and R thank you. Bless you. Drive well. Thank you. Have a good day. Uh, our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Uh, and if you'd, I, I, we have time. If you, have, if you want, prefer email, it's dave at petzelfinancial.net. You know, I was touching on this earlier. It's not all doom and gloom. It never is, uh, contrary to the doom and gloomers. It's important to me when we come into times like this, and I, I feel it too, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't feel different. I react different. I feel the same. The country's on the wrong track. Has been for a long time. It's upside down. The Justice Department isn't about justice. It's about politics. That's frightening. It's truly 
frightening to me. What the FBI has done for the last, whatever, five or ten years, to me is frightening for the status of our country. What the media is doing with censorship is frightening. These are all wrong things that were on the wrong track. But they have little to do with over the intermediate term with the great corporations of the world, and that's the difference. I, I, I want to get the message out. I want to fight against censorship. I want to fight for freedom of speech. Your freedoms, capitalism, what's made the world safer, greater, I want to fight for those things. But I don't find feeling that the world is ending and diving into that and only that data is helpful at all. Because it's this isn't new. It never is. It feels new. We've never been here before. Well, technically, you're right. We've never exactly been here. But times have been worse. Times have been better. All of those things are absolutely true. And we cycle through and we win. We win. The world grows. The bad guys go away. And the market goes to all-time highs. Always. This is always true. But it doesn't feel that way when we bury ourselves in bad news all day. And it's plenty of that right now. And so we really sometimes just have to take that hard step back and recognize that, okay, we're not sitting on an all-time high right now. Okay, so that means the market's going to go up more than 20% sometime soon. I want to be part of that. Period. Not, I want to be part of that after, you know, when the Fed, but, you know, um, and JoJo's out, or if the Republicans get their act together, or they get out of Russia, or whatever you want to fill in the blank. Well, you know, I mean, I think it's going to go down. Okay, you are going to get the dead bottom, so wait. No, I, I won't. So I'm going to buy. I'm going to say 20% off historically speaking, is remarkable. You only get two of those every 10 years. I'll take it. It might go down 35. It might not. I'll take it. I don't want to miss it. Because all of history says we're going to go to all-time highs. We always do. No matter what's going on in Washington, D.C., do all those things matter in the long run? Of course they do. They tear our society apart. They blow up our moral values. We dumb down our kids in multiple ways. It's not right. I get all that. But those are feelings. And they may be real. Feelings. And it hurts our long-term growth. But it isn't what drives markets today 
and into the short term, medium term future. After 25% drawdowns, with, which is what we had last year, nine out of the last 10 times that has happened since, the 19, since 1961. That's, that's, all, that's all that we have. It doesn't happen a lot. You got one. Nine out of 10 times the market is up over the next year. I'll take it. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to sit around and ponder it. I'm not going to go online and figure out why I should be buying gold or is it Bitcoin or what is it? All I know is everything blew up last year. Good. Sometimes it has to. We're out of SPACs. Whatever the heck that SPAC was, a way for Wall Street to make a gazillion dollars and everybody else to lose it. And they lost it. What the heck is a non-fungible token, an NFT? Well, we're finding out it really isn't anything. Most coins that are in cyber space, the future of it all, are gone. Companies that shouldn't be in business aren't. People that aren't, shouldn't be investing in gambling in stocks aren't. They lost all of their money. It happens in cycles. And then it comes back. It comes back every time. That's all I know. That's my market prediction. I don't know. I just know that when we're down 25%, nine times out of 10, since 1961, it's been okay. Or grand. That's all I need to know. Not if we're going to go down another five. Or when JoJo's going to leave. Or what's going to happen with the, the congressional investigations. Don't need to know that. I can feel that. I can get all angry about it. I can get all fussed up and I can make sure I don't do anything like buy when markets are down. I can do that. That's my prediction for next year. Joe, hang on. I, I have got to take a, our final break, okay? Our number is 580-KIDO. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, petsofinancial.com. Uh, is where you can shoot us an email. We uh, Give us an idea of what you want to talk about. That'd be great. As well as you can look at podcasts. We've got videos, uh, YouTube. And uh, again, we've got, I think, about 40,000 uh, downloads of the radio program. And so I know a lot of people are just out there listening uh, periodically, uh, you know, on the treadmill or what have you, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, but let us know. Let us know uh, any comments you have as well, and that's the place to do it. Let's go to the phones. Joseph, one of my favorite names. That was my grandpa's name. No, <laughs> it was my uncle's name. <laughs> Is that right? No, I love my yeah. grandpa. I've been thinking a lot about him lately. I don't know why. Well, I guess I do. I got, <laughs> just got a photo book of him, but I, I, I sure have been thinking uh, about him. Yeah. Listen, I'm a 75-year-old with no retirement other than Social Security and still working and finally have a job where I'm able to set aside some money. And I was listening to Dave Ramsey's show the other day and indicated that Roth IRAs, there's no mandatory withdrawal. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. And... At my age, if I have some money, it, would it be okay to open a Roth IRA? 
I don't know why not. I, honestly, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it, and it's like, okay, well, you don't get decades of compounding and all, but, uh, it, it, you know, why not? It grows tax-free. It comes out tax-free. So if it's money you pull out 10 years from now, it's all tax-free. So that I, I don't see any reason why not. Uh, you know, it, it, it's money hopefully you can use in, in a few years and let it grow, uh, but it, I don't see any problem with it especially if you're just talking about putting away a few thousand dollars and, and off you go. I mean, you could put in, I think this year, yeah, 7,500 this year uh, if you're over age 50. So you can put in 7,500 a year? Uh, over age 50, yep. As long as your income, which it sounds like is pretty low. Uh, as long so, as you're... If I, so if I started one tomorrow, Monday... I could put in seventy five hundred for last year. You can, mm-hmm. as long and as you worked during that year. For the current year. Yep, yeah. Okay. You could actually right now do do fifteen thousand dollars if you wanted to get it started. Yep. Okay. All right. Now the other question is: is if I should need that money uh, due to emergencies or something? I mean, I still have a a cash reserve. How hard is it to get the money back out? Uh, it shouldn't be too hard at all. You, you, first of all, you can get your principal out without penalty. You have to wait five years to have the tax, tr- the good tax treatment where you get it out tax free. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, well, I had another thought, but I've lost it. So I guess that's my age showing. Well, welcome to all of our worlds. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably a brilliant thought. You'll get it back later. You'll go, oh my gosh, I should have asked that. <laughs> Okay, I, I remember what it was now, so I'm better than that. Good. Um, so I've not done a lot of investing over the years because I haven't had the funds to do so, so I'm not familiar with a lot of this. Are are there different funds for RR, for Roth IRAs? No, not really. No, it's just the tax treatment of the investment. It doesn't. I mean, you can own Apple stock by itself in a Roth, in a regular IRA. You see what I mean? It's all the same thing. It's just the the so tax you, wrapper you choose, you choose what stocks you put in your uh, your roth yes you can mm-hmm. absolutely as stocks or exchange traded funds um you can put it in a cd there's everything you can do uh, uh, normally you can put in a roth i mean you can't so go buy there... real estate that's silly but you know uh, you could buy publicly traded real estate of course so are there some Roths then that are have a predetermined investment as far as what they're investing in? Not really. Uh, the, it's just the wrapper, and then you decide what you want to do. And, and, and of course, okay. you know, that's what people like I do. do. Joseph, I'm okay. sorry I'm out of time, and I right. hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. All Thanks right. for Thanks. your call Thank today. You. Take care. Call back. back. Okay, we are out of time. And so, uh, again, thank you so much for joining us, our first program of the year. Uh, Hopefully 23 is a little bit nicer to us than 22 uh, as far as the markets or whatever it is you invested in because last year was rough. It was rough on everything. Have a great rest of the weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.